Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, Why We Ballroom, hosted by Ricky Taylor Dubovic and myself, Dan Spock. Hi guys, this is going to be part two of our second episode, which is talking about how ballroom changed our lives. And this part is all going to be about my experience. And if you missed it last week, we did upload part one of this episode, which is about Dan's experience and everything that he's gone through and how it changed him. So definitely go check that out. And this part is going to be all about my experience and how I see how it changed my life and my lifestyle. So the first topic that I want to talk about that we kind of briefly touched in the last um, podcast, part one, is we talked a little bit about discipline and about respect. And I just wanted to mention this very, very quickly because I think it is probably the first lesson that ballroom dancing has ever taught me. I started ballroom dancing when I was four and I had just one or two group classes per week, Tuesday and Thursday for 30 minutes or something. And I absolutely loved it. And um, I learned very quickly that if I was not respectful and paying attention in the class, that I was not going to be allowed to go to dance class the following week. And that was like the biggest punishment for me as a young child. All I wanted to do was go to dance. So I learned very quickly how to play when class had not started and talk to my friends, whatever. Like I was four years old. I was five years old. Like I'm just playing around in the studio before my group class would start. And then my mom always made it very clear as soon as group class started, as soon as you walk on the floor, you have to be disciplined. You have to do what your coach asks you. You're not going to be talking. You're not going to be chatting with your friends. You're going to focus on what they tell you to do. And you're going to do that. And after I learned quickly that if I didn't follow the rules, that I would not be able to go to dance class, it basically ingrained it's basically ingrained in my memory now and my personality that I take that, what I learned as a four-year-old going to dance class to everything in my life. That when I'm dedicating time to it or whether I'm being asked to do something or I show up to go somewhere, I'm not only doing 50%. I'm doing at least 100%, if not more. So even something that like, Maybe you have a group class and you're not doing your favorite dance and you're doing some exercises that you have done so many times and you're so tired of it and you just don't want to be there. One thing that dancing has taught me is that through discipline, all those days, all those lessons, everything that you're doing that you don't like helps you so much in the long run. And it's often the things that you like doing the least or that you maybe think at first aren't so helpful. It's not so important. They end up being so important and being a huge foundation of your dancing, your technique, your learning. So definitely just briefly wanted to talk about how the discipline of getting started in dance when I was young and how it's impacted me in my life with my job at Starbucks. Every time I show up to work, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, I give it 100% and all my coworkers always realize that. And they're always like, oh, I love working with you, Ricky. Or like, thank you so much for doing that. Like we have different shift managers is what they're called. And each each um, shift, I might have one or two different shift managers. And usually you're talking to them and they give you feedback. 
And sometimes I can tell when I'm not having the absolute best day, but every day that I'm there, they know they can count on me and I end up giving a hundred percent to every customer interaction, every drink that I'm making, every transaction that is being taken. And I think for the rest of my life, I'm 20 years old now for the rest of my life. If I just look at the next 30 years, what I learned as a four-year-old going to group class twice per week is going to carry with me for the next 30 years. And I'm excited to see where that discipline will bring me in my future, because I'm not going to be doing the same thing for the rest of my life. I'm going to have new opportunities. I'm going to have new obstacles. I'm going to have new things to get past, to learn from. And I absolutely know that if I didn't learn this from such a young age, being put in that position at the dance studio, that it would probably be a lot harder for me to do that. And I noticed that with other people, with other coworkers, with other people my age that maybe I went to school with, it's very hard for them to give it a hundred percent every time because they don't like what they're doing, but I understand when I need to work and I understand when I can relax and when I show up and I'm there to work, I'm going to give it my all. And I know that is going to help me build my future more and more throughout my life. Um, so that's just the first, definitely one of the first biggest, biggest lessons that I learned. Um, one of the second things I want to talk about how ballroom dancing and being in the industry changed my life is that it pushes you to grow your confidence and to be confident in yourself because it's not easy showing up to a competition when literally the job of the judge is to just judge your dancing. And sometimes you might get a great result. Sometimes you're not going to get a great result. I started competing when I was six years old and I, <laughs> I remember very clearly all the first competitions that I ever went to with my partner, whether it was like an actual competition, which was like, I had one competition called quest for the best in Seattle. And when I was six and seven, that was like the biggest competition I could ever imagine. It was like the Olympics for me. And we had also like our small studio competitions because we had quite a bit of small couples. And a few times per year, we would have like a studio competition where you'd dress up, hair and makeup, and it would actually be a real competition, but it would be like all coaches at the studio were basically judging. And we would have maybe eight seven couples in a event and my partner Eric and I there's so many pictures of us we were last in every competition in every in cha-cha we were last in Roomba we were last waltz quick step last and it was like that for at least the entire first year we were last in everything we were the smallest couple we were the youngest couple we weren't dancing to the music but oh my god were we having a good time and my mom always tells me the story of that after every competition, it doesn't matter if I was last, I would always ask her, when's the next competition? When's the next time I get to dance again? When is the next time that I get another chance to get a better place? And I was never bitter about it. I was never like, oh, I'm so, I'm so disappointed. I never want to compete again. Like for me, it was the opposite. I was just so happy to be dancing that I knew I would look at the people in first and second place. And I was like, one day I'm going to be there. One day I'm going to get there. And that is completely 
due to my parents and also my very, very first coach that I had. And I want to talk about how a coach and the mentality that they have when they're teaching you can really, really affect a child, especially if you're working from them, working with them from a young age. And my first coach, his name was Pasha. His name, um, sorry if I say it wrong, it's Pavel Beligan. Beligan. Um, he came, we started taking lessons when I was seven. He was not an easy teacher. He was very strict with us. He was 17 when he started teaching us. And although he was not, he was not easy on us, he always made us believe in ourselves. He always made us know, he always made sure that we knew that everything he was putting us through was going to make us stronger, was going to make us better dancers, was going to get us to where we wanted to be. And he, he was also, he was very friendly. He was very fun, but he made us work very, very hard. Uh, and I'm so thankful that I had him as my first, first coach, because I can't imagine if I had a different experience with a first coach that maybe didn't have quite as positive as approach as he did, that my self-confidence in my dancing and whether I would be first place or not in the competition could easily have gone down very quickly. And it was because I had that great experience that I knew that if I'm not first at this competition, it's okay. And I have another competition and I'm going to do even better. And after from four to six of being last in every competition, um, it came around to Eric and I, we went to our first national championships, which was in Baltimore. Now I lived in Seattle and Baltimore to Seattle to fly with my mom and dad, with Eric's mom and dad, take off time from school, go to this national championship competition was like absolutely insane. It was like, what are we even doing? And Pasha was, Pasha was still our coach. He was our only coach. And we went to the competition and we had probably like semi quarterfinals in everything we danced in. And literally, I still don't know how it happened. There's literally videos of us on YouTube dancing our first nationals. We won every division we competed in. We were first place. And Eric and I, literally, we, <laughs> we had no idea who we were competing against. We had no idea who the judges were. We knew absolutely nothing. We just knew we were going to show up there. The music was going to play and we were going to do our cha-cha, our rumba, our waltz and our quick step routines, because I'm pretty sure that's the only four dances that we had at that time. And apparently the judges liked us and we won every event that we competed in. And it's because everything that we went through, be, I'm sure it's because all the competitions before we were last, we were last, seventh place, seventh place, and slowly we'd be like fifth place or fourth place, maybe even top three, can you imagine? And then we went to this real competition and we just went there to have a good time because we absolutely loved dancing and we won. And obviously our parents were so proud. We were so happy. We didn't even know what it meant. We were just like, wow, we won a competition. And from there, I think it just shows that the belief that my coach instilled in us and that our parents instilled in us because our parents were so supportive of us. It's not always easy to be supportive of a six-year-old who all they want to do is dance with their life. But we were very, very lucky that we had two sets of parents that were very supportive of our goals and always wanting us to 
do everything that we can, do the best that we can, always there for us. And because of that, it instilled so much belief in ourselves that we just decided that we're going to get better. We're going to improve. We enjoyed our dancing and look what happened. We ended up winning the national championships at age seven. And from there, I mean, the rest was pretty much just history. We had so many experiences, so many placements, so many everything. And um, definitely it's because we started to believe in ourselves. It's not always easy to believe in yourself. It's not always easy to see yourself in a dark time and believe that it's going to get better and you're going to improve. And it's not just with dancing. It could be in your job. If you're working a minimum wage job and you feel like you're stuck in that job, it's not always going to be easy to believe that you're going to make it out of that job. You're going to make something for yourself and you are going to improve the state of your life. But mentally, when you start believing that, you will start to make changes that will change your life and you will be amazed by it. And it could be go for also anything in your life, not just your job, not just dancing. It could also be in your relationship, anything like that. Once you start believing in it, you'll start taking action in it and things start changing. And that is a huge lesson that being in ballroom has taught me again from a very young age that if you don't believe you can do it, no one is going to. And that that's the first step. And we believed in ourselves and we made it really, really far. And we had an amazing partnership together, amazing career together. Um, so those two lessons I learned from such a young age that still make me the person who I am today and make me help make decisions that I make about my life and about my daily attitude and how I'm talking to myself and how I am envisioning where I am now and where I will be. 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And I think that is just so important. And I'm so grateful that I was taught these two lessons and that it's impacted me not only on the floor, but also in my life on the side. Daniel, did you have anything to add to that? Um, yes. I just wanted to say if, if you're in a situation where you're constantly losing all the competitions that you go to, if you learn to accept the fact that yes, you're not the best right now and still work on your dancing, still believe in yourself when even if other people are not believing in you. Uh, if you learn to keep moving, keep working on what you love, at some point it is going to pay off and I can guarantee it to you. If you keep pushing, no matter the consequences, it will pay off. Absolutely will. I have a friend who, who loves ballroom dancing, but his parents don't support it. But he still comes to the lessons. He still pays for them and he still works. And right now he's doing great. He's not losing or nothing. He's always not always but like he's in the semi-final final in that area but just because you're pushing just because he's pushing just because he's working that's the only reason why he's coming up to the top so once you 
once you don't let it once you learn not to get it um not to let it get to your head that you're losing all the time and have like treat each competition as a checkpoint just to see where you are i think you will improve a lot and i would say how ricky said how her first coach really said that believe in her where she's just there just to dance just to believe in herself just dance for your own fun my coach had a different approach he he had to test how strong mentally we are and while he had this test we grew mentally everyone every single kid that has come across my coach cried oh my god <laughs> <laughs> every single kid cried and that showed who was the strongest one so out of the kids who cried the only kids who stayed those are the ones who are actually strong mentally and during his test they grew mentally stronger they grew more confident they grew again yes mentally stronger i i remember him doing that test on my sister who which is my partner he would constantly ask her questions so she was she was a very quiet kid very quiet kid outside of the house in the house she was the loudest kid loudest person in the whole family actually but outside she didn't feel very comfortable because she's not really in a familiar environment and she would always answer the questions very 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 quietly we could barely hear her and he would always always ask her questions about what she's doing about what she's thinking about what's going through her head when she's dancing and at some at, not at some point multiple times it just made her make her cry she'd cry but that built her stronger she became way stronger right now she answers questions without any hesitation if she needs to think about it she'll think about it but the fact that it worked for her uh shows how different different techniques work on different kids and for example this technique really did build her mental strength her confidence and everything now she will answer all the questions clearly if another exercise that we did is if we had a private lesson on a certain topic we let's say those kids who had the lesson let's say it was my lesson i would have to teach it to the group class i would have to explain everything that we did and try to teach it to the kids which i think is a phenomenal idea if you can if you can teach your kids well we're talking about like teachers right now if you can teach your kids to explain what they're doing explain what they have to do while, while they're dancing it will improve their dancing a lot because if you can explain what you're doing it's going to make your head your you are going to understand it way clearer your body's going to understand it way clearer because you're showing it to the other kids and you will learn faster you will learn different abilities for example talking explaining which are very hard to 
very hard things to learn if it doesn't come natural to you because it's public speaking. Why a lot of people fear public speaking because they think their voice is not smooth enough or because they stutter or because they have uh, social anxiety. They hate people looking at them all the time. They don't like being the center of attention. That in a, in a way fixes it. People come become more com uh, comfortable with talking to a, a bigger group of people. They uh, become comfortable with uh, just talking in general, speaking out loud, which is a very, 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 this is a very big issue in today's society. But yes, that's, that's all I wanted to say. Um, I think that the next topic that I want to bring up is going to be, um, I don't want to say somewhat controversial, but I do want to shed some light on the fact that obviously if you're in this industry, either from a young age, or maybe you joined it from an older age, you will be able to see so many positive outcomes from being part of it. But also you can't ignore that there are, and there are possibilities that there could be some negative influence in your life that have to do with the ballroom dancing industry. And I just wanted to bring up one topic that I feel that I've personally been affected by and that I've experienced and that I just wanna bring some light to it because I don't want us to only show the positives of what we've experienced, even though maybe it's 90% of what we experienced. I think it's still important to talk about maybe the negative side so we can acknowledge it and then we can work to make it better. And that would be is that I have experienced, not only in America, I've traveled to many, many countries around the world for competing. I've had many, many guest lessons with international judges, with international dancers, previous champions, dance camps. I have met so many couples in America and internationally. And I think it's definitely a huge topic that our industry can be extremely judgmental. And I think it's because we don't want to acknowledge, we don't want to come out and say, oh, I'm a judgmental person. I don't think anybody wants to do that. And your natural personality, whether you're a dancer or not, whether you're in the ballroom industry or not, can be more naturally judgmental than another person. Like for example, my husband, it's just his natural personality to be judgmental. My personality is not that way. And sometimes it can bring up conflict between us, sometimes in our marriage, sometimes just in the studio. And I think it's not like he doesn't think he's judgmental. <laughs> he acknowledges it. And I think it's more important that everybody in the ballroom world understands we go to competition to be judged. The judges are paid to stand there for hours and hours on end to look at dance after dance after dance and write their opinion on a piece of paper with the numbers one through six. And we know what we're signing up for. We know we're going there to get judged. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of the time, it doesn't end when we step off the floor. A lot of the times, we can have some preconceived notion of somebody that maybe we've never even met. Maybe we've only seen them at the competition. Maybe we only see their life on social media. And maybe we only see their results. 
and we have some preconceived notion of them of who they are as a person. And that just comes from all conversations we've had. We've had conversations of coaches, friends, oh, that person didn't deserve to be first place, or that person should have been in the final and they weren't, or whatever it may be. And I think a lot of the time, as dancers, we don't even realize that we can be talking about an event or about somebody or a couple that we genuinely know nothing about them or their personality or their life outside of the studio or outside of the competition because everybody shows up to the competition with their Sunday best on. Everyone has beautiful hair and makeup, beautiful dresses, and everybody is there because they're serious, because they are there to dance, they're there to compete. And that is, it's just part of being a competitor. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But you really don't know what somebody's life is like, or their personality is like outside of the competition, outside of social media. And I think a lot of times dancers, I have been completely guilty of this myself, that I find myself judging people and just assuming things about them and about their life that I have absolutely no right to assume because I don't know anything about them. I didn't have genuine conversation with them. I don't know them. And I think it's something definitely that has affected me because a lot of the times if you're around that, if you're in an environment where a lot of people can be judgmental and of course to be judgmental, you don't have to have um, a negative intention behind it. Absolutely not. It can just be something that we're doing with, without even noticing. And we can even be having a conversation with another person. And collectively, we're judging another couple, another coach, another studio, another competition, how it was run. Literally, there's so many things. And of course, it do, we don't have the negative intention of trying to judge them and say, oh, they're doing everything wrong. They don't deserve that. Absolutely not. Um, We can even be judging them incorrectly in the fact that we think that they're so amazing and they're so perfect and that everything is just great for them when in reality, really, it's not. Um, And I think it's important that if you understand you're in an environment where you're talking, you're surrounded by people, who can be judging other dancers, that it's important to, first of all, realize that you're a part of it. And to second of all, um, try to actively take yourself out of that situation for 10 seconds, look at the situation from the side and really ask yourself, do I know this person? Do I know this couple? Do I know this competition so well that I can really be talking about this? And be spreading my word, my information, my knowledge. Is my opinion really accurate? Because most of the time, our opinion can be accurate only 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time, we really don't know. It's just our opinion that we can give. And a lot of the time, as human beings, we love to have people agree with us. We love to have um, our opinions be heard and our opinions be praised. Um, That's just human nature. That doesn't have to do with your personality. Uh, It makes you feel good. It gives you a rush. There's chemicals in your body. And when we're surrounded by that and we get in the habit of it, it honestly can be um, seep into 
your outside life. You can even be on the subway. You can be at the grocery store. You can start judging someone just based on their appearance, how they take care of themselves. And genuinely, it's nobody's place to do that. And it's not necessarily automatically our fault that it's happening because we could be in an environment that is extremely judgmental, such as the ballroom industry. But it is our problem if we don't take action to try to fix it in ourselves and to try to maybe talk to other people about it and be like, hey, I understand your opinion. I understand your perspective, but is it a fact? Do you know that it's true? Do you really know exactly what you're talking about? And sometimes you might, you might know exactly what you're talking about. And then that makes your word more genuine. But if you don't, then you definitely want to have a conversation with yourself and with other people who you're talking about. I mean, other people you're talking with and maybe try to be like, Hey, maybe let's not judge this person, this couple, this competition, when we don't know everything about it. We don't know their whole story. We don't know everything behind them because growing up, that affected me so much because based on my results and basically my appearance in the media and as a couple, I had so many people assume stuff about my life. I had so many people assume stuff about my personality. I had so many people just assume things about my parents, about my family, about my sisters that were just completely untrue. And I'm lucky to say that I don't think that other people's opinions of that when I was growing up really affected me so much and that it was like super detrimental. But as I become older, as I became older, the more I became aware of it and that it was happening and it's happening all around me, all the time and that I wish I could just stand on a pedestal and say this is my life this is my story and I just want to set it straight but in this day and age I don't really feel the need to try to prove something to people that my life isn't what they think it is um and I think it's very important that since I had that understanding that people assume absolutely untrue things about me that I have to take a step back and look at my behavior and know that I've had a problem with that in the past. Sometimes I see couples on social media and I just assume things about them that I really can't say that I would know is part of that. And as an industry together, I would love it if we could talk about this more and start conversations about how we can see each other for who we actually are and not for who we only see for one day at a competition or who we see in a picture on Instagram or a video on Facebook um, and actually get to know each other for who we are as dancers and people instead of just the superficial competitor and judge side of things, if that makes any sense. So that has been a big thing that Borm has taught me that it does exist in the industry and it can seep into your everyday life and that it's definitely important to take a step back and look at yourself, look at who you surround yourself with, your personal behavior, and see how you can make a change for the better for yourself and the people that you surround yourself with. Yes. Do you have anything um, to add? <laughs> um, I just 
wanted to say that yes completely agree we do judge a lot um and it's very an unnecessary aspect that we all have um i would say that slowly we are understanding that sometimes when a when let's say a couple that got a first place at a competition that clearly is not supposed to get a first place we start to question and not the couple but the judging system because sometimes if we look look at the judging panel we see that the coach was judging the couple which i think is very unfair when the coach when a coach is judging their own couple in the competition it gives them an advantage and a disadvantage to everyone else now i understand it's a very organizing a competition is a very delicate and a very long and painful process and it's going to be hard to keep track of what couples are competing and what judges are in the panel so we can't really be mad at that but yes we do judge a lot each other without knowing enough about each other that brings me back to what i said earlier or before in the previous podcasts that talk to your competitors get to know them so many it can benefit you in so many different ways you'll again exercise your talking skills you'll get to know them you'll know who you're competing with and again the judging thing will go away if you're judging if at some point they're going to come up to you and be like hey what do you think about my dancing then it's completely normal talk to other competitors i always see you at like let's say a high star ball big competition in america i would always see groups of people just groups of studios like a few studios that know each other and it would just be groups of them sitting up in the balcony and it's not like one big group it's different groups which is which brings the judgmental thing up again we judge each other we don't want to be with that group for some reason some people don't they just we they don't stay with that group just because i don't know just because they don't know them you could make friends just go over go over and talk to them <laughs> it's just it's so much better but yeah dides that's pretty much it that's i don't have anything else to add and i could definitely talk for another hour about how born changed my life and i didn't even talk about my lifestyle everything i've sacrificed all the life decisions i've made that are because of dancing that i never imagined myself making and all the experiences that i've grown from making those decisions um but i think for this podcast that i talked enough and that we had a lot of um topics that we covered in this podcast and the last podcast and definitely let us know in the comments wherever you are youtube instagram whatever what you thought of this what you thought of our experiences and if you can relate to them on some level from my experiences and from Dan's experiences and that if it is possible and you guys want to hear more about all the lifestyle changes that we have been through we could definitely um, make an extension of this episode sometime in the future um but yeah there's a lot more to talk about but hopefully everything you heard today was interesting and food for thought
Absolutely, guys. Uh, visit also visit Ricky's YouTube page where she does makeup, hairstyles, and many other con and other content. Also, happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe, and see you next week. Bye.